Well, hello and welcome to the HGA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me is my best friend Kelsey and co-host. Hello, everybody. And our special guest is Kat Blackthorne, who is a romance author as well, but she's also one of my beta readers. <laughs> and she has a sneak peek of all of my books and has to deal with the rough draft messes, but definitely helps make them better. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And this week we're going to be talking about Minaj, which is basically throuples, threesomes. It's like the baby sister to reverse harem, and we'll dive into more details on that. But first, our weekly hots, Kelsey. So my weekly hot is surrounded by the fact that this podcast has just ruined my life in some ways in amusing ways though because okay bear with me there I am in the in and out drive-thru minding my own business the gentleman in the window asks how many ketchup packets I want like do you want ketchup packets and I'm like yes just two I know what I like and he's like just two and I'm like yes just two Because internally, I'm thinking to myself, I just need enough ketchup to make me home, and then I'm going to use my ketchup bottle. As if this is relevant to the story. It's not. Anyway, so two ketchup packets. He looks at me again. He's like, are you positive? And I say, yes, of course. But internally, you guys, this is where this podcast and just these books have ruined me. Internally, I'm like, yeah, I want two ketchup packets, one for each of my tits, so that way you can literally dip your french fries into the ketchup and just like lick it off of me. I would have never had this thought 12 months ago. So that is my weekly hot. (laughs) (laughs) Is it hot? I don't know. Do people want to eat French fries with ketchup off my tits? Debatable. Have never experienced that, but good thing I know how to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) I feel like that's what we've learned. I feel like half of your weekly hots are like, I almost said this in front of my kids or like this was almost said to my class. Kelsey's a high school art teacher. So, you know, there's certain things you don't want to say in front of your students. Absolutely not. Give them an inch, they'll take a mile and they'll take it straight to the superintendent. And we can't be having that. (laughs) My weekly hot is kind of short, but Kelsey is doing a a fashion show for school. I'm sorry. Pause. How is this going to be hot? This is not hot. This is like hot because our body temperature is so hot. Okay, continue. So she sent me these photos yesterday when we were on FaceTime of her outfits that were picked out from her, from the sweet old lady who owns a thrift store, who's doing a fashion show for her thrift store. I'm just gonna. And it's just her cat, just so that way she can see too. It's sequenced skirt and shirt. <laughs> it's sequenced polka dotted like a-line skirt with a matching jacket with shoulder pads like three times the size of normal shoulder pads and I cried for like 20 minutes yesterday <laughs> laughing so hard um and I just can't think of anything better to bring up <laughs> during the weekly hot other than how hot you look in those shoulder pads <laughs> Oh, God. So we need to find someone who's into shoulder pads and is into eating ketchup french fries off my tits is what I'm 
compiling list of over here. We were trying to figure out what you should wear under the jacket mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, spice up the outfit, make it acceptable. What about just some ketchup? I mean, that would be very like, what is it? Fashion forward? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the right guy, that could really work. <laughs> I'm sure that's a kink somewhere, like condiments on body parts. I'm sure it is. Oh my God, it is. It's, it has some, it has a word that's like a sound, like sloshing or like slurping or like eating food off of somebody and like covering the, the somebody in food and not just like a little bit of whipped cream here and there, like full on coverage of food. It's a kink. I watched yeah, a it is nice a episode on it. Mm-hmm. It is a kink. Is that a Seinfeld episode too? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a sound word. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. slurp or slosh. Anywho, maybe that'll be next episode. <laughs> Kat, do you have a weekly hot? I do, but like like, I feel like it's too racy compared to you guys's. Like, I was really like, hmm, like, what's something, like, hot and sexy that, that has happened to me? And I only prepared, like, a... No, 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 um, please. <laughs> the, this was actually a very mild episode. Usually, mm-hmm. Kelsey recounts how many orgasms she's had in the okay, past all right. week. <laughs> yes. so. so hit us with it. We like the racy. <laughs> okay. So, I'm married and I'm in a long-term relationship and our relationship you know when you're with someone for a long time it can get stale last month like nothing happened absolutely nothing but this month it's been like three days in a row like sex like I mean my man goes down like a champ and it's just I'm sore like I'm physically sore and I'm like oh man, like, have I like accurately written soreness into my books? Because like my (laughs) legs hurt, my knees hurt. Like I'm feeling like I'm too old for this. I am so sore. (laughs) I'm cheering for you right now is what's happening. I'm absolutely cheering for you. Not for the soreness because I get that, but for the rest of it, the reason why you're sore, snaps for that. Thank you. It is the best reason to be sore and tired. I would take that over anything for real. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that long-term slump. It definitely is. Uh, there's some valleys. There's some valleys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it comes in waves. Just some months are just nothing. And then all of a sudden you're back and you're like, okay, we got our group back. We got it. Like, we still got it. Like we're still hot. We can still do this. <laughs> as long as like the knees don't give out. Yeah. <laughs> as long as someone's leg doesn't cramp, which has happened before. <laughs> like, oh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so funny. Speaking of being sore, threesomes, menages, the topic of this week. Kat is probably our resident expert. Actually, one of the books that we read this week was Hot Wife by Kat. The difference between reverse harems and menages is the number. A menage is like exclusively three people, but they're all they're all together. 
versus a reverse harem where it has to be three or more guys and sometimes it's not all group stuff would you would you agree what am i leaving out yeah that sounds right right to me reverse harem i think is like three or more guys and then the menage is three partners in whatever situation that they work out so sometimes i think that's a threesome sometimes it's um, two men and then the woman is the third or two women and a man is the third or three men, three women. But I think a menage is, is three. And do, do they have to be, they have to be like all together or can it be one person with two separate relationships, but it's never like a threesome? That's a good question. I think that would still be considered a menage because I think that would still fall under like the poly umbrella as long gotcha. as it's consensual and talked about between everybody. If not, that would probably be cheating, the cheating trope. But I think as long as everything's on the table uh, with all three partners, I think whatever situation, that's a menage. Sweet. Well, that is what we read this week. And I feel like that's kind of all the explanation that's needed. So there's three people getting it on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kelsey, do you want to go first with your book? I would be delighted. So this week I read, hold on, I want to make sure that I get the title right because I always, I always botch it up in my brain. Gifting Me to His Best Friend by Katie Robert. And in this book, it is a husband-wife duo and they have a best friend named Derek. And Derek has always been on the family vacations like it's always just been the three of them for every single holiday and the first time that Derek and our main character Emma our main female mayor a main character met was like the night that they got married so Emma and Derek were instantly attracted to each other but obviously did nothing because Emma was marrying Grayson at the time so if I haven't botched this up enough in confusion, Grayson, Derek, best friends for life, Grayson and Emma are now married. So all three of them go on little vacations together. So in this particular story, it was Emma, Grayson and Derek in some spot in Colorado and they got snowed in for Christmas, which we all know like forced proximity instantly just gonna make everyone stay in the same spot. So in this incident, Grayson has decided that he wants to gift Emma, his wife, to Derek, his best friend, for Christmas. Like, wrap her in a bow and just stick her under the tree. So that's, that's essentially what they decide to do. And they've always played games with each other. Like, they always have been, like, a very, like, wild, like, we're going to have sex in public, we're going to do this, we're going to do that kind of couple. So, like, this isn't completely out of the norm, but it's a friendship that's super close to them both, so they don't want to mess it up. But they've also always wanted a threesome, and they've always wanted that kind of, like, voyeurism of, like, Emma being with someone else and then Grayson watching, but they've never done it because they've never trusted anyone. But in this situation, they obviously trust best friend Derek. So what happens is like in the middle of a very hot sex scene between Grayson and Emma, Grayson basically just like 
through like orgasm manipulation like ekes it out of emma that she wants this like she wants Derek so so bad she always has which is something that in any other position she probably would have like handled a lot more delicately being like no i'm not sexually attracted to your best friend but in the middle of like multiple orgasms and the threat of not giving you that final one you know you say stuff so that comes out and Grayson thinks that it's the hottest thing ever. So he gets her some lingerie, literally like wraps her up as a present and sticks her under the tree. And we can imagine, you know, what ensues from this point. <laughs> Summer, did you want to jump in here? Did no, just... I, haven't, I haven't read this. I'm just... Just, I'm just laughing at like the, I'm picturing the cover right now. Mm-hmm. which is literally like a woman I think in something kind of sexy like next to a present and obviously the title it's like it's all it matches up <laughs> yeah there's nothing there's no surprises here there's absolutely no surprises <laughs> so they start having sex Emma and Derek Emma and the best friend it's hot it's sexy Grayson ends up coming in Emma is in between them at some point and she's like wow these two gentlemen really love each other I should have mentioned both of the guys are bi and they she can just tell that they really love each other but they've never ever dated and she figured it was from a relation or like because they've both been in relationships at different times in the past etc etc so they have a great threesome they go to bed Emma is like talking to her husband, Grayson, and he, she's like, so like, why haven't you guys ever gotten together? You know, like, why haven't you crossed that line? And he's like, I just, I could never, he's my best friend. And then she goes the next day and she has the same conversation with Derek about Grayson. And she's like, why have you never crossed the line? And he's like, I could never impede on your territory. Like you guys are so good to each other. Like he just lights up the room whenever you're in it, all the good things. So picture really great smutty sex scenes between the three of them and then picture we get to the point in the story where they need to have the conflict so they're no longer snowed in they've decided that this little like sex party is only going to last for their vacation and then after that it's just done so between the end of Christmas or the end of their vacation and the new year everyone goes off to live their lives and everyone's miserable like we hear it from every perspective just how miserable they are So they end up calling up Derek. The married couple ends up calling up Derek and being like, yo, like, come hang out with us. Like, let's figure out a way to make this work. And he's like, there's no way. It's the end of the world. I'm so stubborn. Just not being at all flexible. But because this is the HEA book club and because of the way that this was written, they do manage to make it work. And they ring in the new year by all having sex at the same time with each other and I was like you know what that's a really great way to ring in the new year and if there's anything that I'm gonna take from this book besides the fact that I still would like to have a threesome in my life so besides that mental note is that this main character Emma was like semi-superstitious and although I am not I do think that it's just like a good note to enter the new year just like banging someone that you care about so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to consider that for my new year a threesome sure trumps a new year's kiss i've never even had a new year's kiss i don't think yeah i'm I sure you have, have. i cannot no. remember a single one. Oh, i'll be your new year's kiss thank you Kat. <laughs> i appreciate that 
because I really can't remember a single one. Like, I feel like every time I've had a partner, they've not been near me on New Year's. And then every time I've tried to find a stranger, that only works in movies. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I was real close this last New Year's. No success. No dice. Okay. Oh, so that when you broke your foot instead? <laughs> yeah, I missed out on a New Year's kiss and I broke my foot instead. <laughs> <laughs> but back to back to this lovely gift from my husband. I'm going to put the smut as a three out of five, mainly due to the dirty talk. Their dirty talk was like prime. There's nothing worse than bad dirty talk. And this was quite the opposite. It was phenomenal. So I'm rating the smut three out of five. And then overall, six out of 10. It was a fun read. It was like a novella. Probably will never read it again, but it really did. It was a nice way to pass the time. So I have no, I have no qualms with that. Nice. Did you realize that it was the same person who wrote Neon Gods? I don't know if I like explicitly told you that and I and I'm just now realizing you probably didn't recognize the author's name. No, because I'm terrible at author's names, but I'm currently listening to Neon Gods on Spotify. So you think that I should have just picked up on it either way, but no, not whatsoever. I just identified the fact that it was great smut and great dirty language, but now I can see the correlation. So thank you for that. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for, is to remind you of all the authors that you forget their names. Truly, though, I was having a conversation with my neighbor downstairs who also loves reading Smut, and she was throwing out all these authors' names, and I'm like, oh, are those, like, mainstream authors, or are they indie authors? And she's like, they're all indie authors. And I'm like, I really just don't know anything, so you could just, you could give me the name Plato, and I'd be like, who's he? You know, or, like, who's she? Like, I just don't. It just doesn't register up in my brain. So Summer is the brains of this operation when it comes to that. So thank you, Summer. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. (laughs) I read Sugar Daddies by Jade West. Oh, yes. Tell us about that. I love it. This is my first book by Jade West. And I'm really interested to see what else she has after this. It is basically... These two bi guys are on a sugar daddy website and they're looking for a third, a woman, and they just kind of want sex. And they're in a, the two men are in a committed relationship with each other. And they've just been looking for the perfect lady to add to that. There, there is like a small twist later, but I won't mention it. And so she comes in and it is what you think it would be. She hits it off with one guy pretty immediately, and then the other one is a little slower of a burn. And so that sort of push-pull dynamic is really fun, I think, especially in a menage when it's not insta-love for both of them. It's kind of, you know, you get to see the differences in the relationships, which I really like exploring. And then just their chemistry and her the way that Jade West writes the MM scenes is just immaculate. Is it a novella? I don't think so. I think it's full length. Okay. I think me and Kelsey both read novellas. And for some reason, I feel like there's a lot of menage novellas. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just going to ask, do we think that a lot of them are insta-love? Like mine was very much insta-love. And it, it worked, but it was like a 
smaller plot line there wasn't a whole lot of character arc but I also don't want to assume that everyone is just like mine because like you Kat what you just said you said that you had a slow burn with some of your characters mm-hmm. yeah I, I think I think a lot of menages are novellas and it's just kind of the threesome story or the story of how the relationship began I don't know why that is maybe it's just hotter or I think with Minaj, like what I found tricky in writing a Minaj was avoiding, especially with the setup that I had, avoiding uh, the cheating aspect, which people are, most people are a hard no, but they don't want to read about cheating. But I kind of wanted to dance the line a little bit and get sort of close. <laughs> so maybe that's why Minajes are novellas or insta loves, because you just, I can understand wanting to just bypass any of the those cheating sort of feelings. Mm-hmm. I find that so interesting, especially considering that we just read, or Summer, I don't know where you're at with it, but like Lola and the Millionaires and all of our Omegaverse books, like those are long, like long, long books with in-depth insight into each of the relationships for each of those little, you know, for each of the members of the pack. And even if it was a threesome or just a menage, I could see it still having that kind of length. So I suppose it's author's preference on that as well. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Jade West did a really good job. And I've, I've only recently started getting more into MMF. Previously, I've, I've mostly read MFM, but I definitely get the appeal. These guys, like their relationship with each other, that's just, that just adds a whole new level when you, when the guys are interacting with each other in that way, it's just like a whole different level of hot when they're into each other and everyone is into each other. That's really hot. One of the guys has piercings all over, which I love. (laughs) Yeah. We have been on a penis piercing streak <laughs> we have been can we just make that next week all piercings all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. delicious <laughs> so good yeah that and I I really loved it I like loved the ending the only thing which is like a small thing if we're allowed to say things that we weren't crazy about for sure and this is just like nitpicky and probably only my preference but I am big into names and I love names and I agonize over what my character's names are going to be the meaning behind them the origin like I'm just a name nerd and like the two main guys names are Carl and Rick and I'm just kind of like oh oh I know it's kind of it's like oh it's like it's it's so hot and it's like Carl Carl Carl. I just picture like Jimmy Neutron Carl. I know. It's just like Carl and Rick. Like, come on. Like, I, I wasn't crazy about that, you know, but picture other like than a that, park ranger. <laughs> park ranger. <laughs> or like, you know, your dad's friend, but not in a sexy way. Yeah. <laughs> I know sometimes I'll be reading a book and there'll be a name that I have like too much connection to. So I just mentally just like swap it out. <laughs> I'm like, you are no longer Rick. You're now going to be Jason. You know, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a swap because I just can't deal with the name and I don't (laughs) want to not read the book. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like if I see my ex's name, I'm just like, "Mm, I already don't like that guy. I don't. mm." Mm -hmm. 
yeah, like I have a predisposed situation mm-hmm. here and I'm automatically not going to like you, even if you're the main <laughs> character and I'm supposed to love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been trying to pick out names for a book I'm about to start writing. And I don't know if you do this, Kat. I don't know if you have kids or want kids or whatever, but I feel like the names that I first think of are like names that I'd want to name my kids. And then I'm like, I can't do that. Like if I actually like this name and want it for a child, like I can't write a 400 page like sex book about (laughs) somebody named this. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) But yeah, so there's like separate categories. There's like kid names and then there's, you know, hot names. Exactly. Like, you know, like Damon or Damien. Like, I think the name meaning means like demon. It's like, so that's a safe name because you probably wouldn't name your child demon, but like you would fuck demon, you know, like you totally have sex with Damon, Damien, demon. So like, I have so many Damien students. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. Does it fit? Does the demon name fit it does not not for these particular kids but I also I don't know I never knew that now I'm gonna maybe look up some of my like problem children look up their (laughs) names and be like does this make sense were you doomed from your name (laughs) (laughs) that reminds me of a book I want to say it's by Jade West but I know it's not Ashley Jade it's by Ashley Jade and the first book is called the devil and I think the second book is called like the devil's advocate or some it's a it's a duet it's about devils it's not about devils it's called (laughs) the devil and the main character is damien so i never knew that before the demon damien thing but that makes sense with the devil vibe it's tracking i think the popular damon at least like from my time is from vampire diaries Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if some of those vampire diaries ladies had babies and were like, and were like, okay, yeah, Damon, like my kid is Damon. <laughs> and that's was, why you have Damon's in your class. There was that whole generation of Twilight babies too. You know, we had our like Bella, Bella Edward comes mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And a I couple of Renesmee's in there. Yeah. Honestly, probably one of the better names in my opinion. <laughs> But at least if you were named Edward, like, you could pass that off as not a Twilight thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we all know, right, being part of the generation, but, like, fellow fellow kids, they wouldn't know. That's just a classic check. I don't know, classic name. I used to babysit these three brothers, and two of their names were Jasper and Emmett. And being in my Twilight phase, I was like, oh, my God, do you guys know that? And she was like, yes. Like we named him before, <laughs> but of course I was like in middle school and I was like, you're vampire your babies. <laughs> did you, did you rate the book? Kat? Kind of went off on a name origin tangent. Oh yeah. I mean, I would, for the book itself, definitely five stars. I pass, I just like pass out five stars, like dollars. and as far as spice I mean spice was awesome I would say like four out of five peppers for the spice great mm scenes great mmf scenes 
the piercings, lots of like finger work, which is like, I feel hard to write and that you don't read a lot about. And so I respect her for spicing it up in that way. Uh, So I just thought, great. For people listening at home, MMF, that the person, the, the, the letter in the middle is like the connector. So MMF means that one of the men or both the men are in relation with each other and the women, whereas FM is like the book that I read, Hot Wife, which we're about to get into, where the two guys don't have a relationship with each other. It's the woman in the middle that meets them. And if there's two women, you know, the M would be allotted accordingly as well. Yeah, yeah. MM would mean swords crossing. Swords being self-explanatory. And then (laughs) MFM. No, please. Can you elaborate more? (laughs) I would like details, Kat. Absolutely details. (laughs) Imagine a sword and a sheet and... I mean, Summer's the one to elaborate on that with her historical. That is true. (laughs) Oh my God. Speaking of Kelsey, Kat is the beta reader who is like, they just all need to have threesomes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I am. Thank goodness that you said it because I was also saying it. And Mm. I think as soon as Summer said that about you, I was like, oh, we're instantly friends. So in case you didn't know it, Kat, we're instantly friends just based off of that alone. Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> but now yeah, I, I was advocating for threesomes in her books, and I'm eagerly awaiting. <laughs> As am I. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just like, I don't know, like a spinoff novella. Like, mm-hmm. just just give us a threesome, Summer. Yeah, no plot, just threesome. <laughs> I, for Stolen Secrets, I wrote a bonus scene that is like exhibitionist-ish with Sabrina and her man. Hot Wife. That's what I read. Tell us about it. Okay, so Hot Wife is by Kat. It is about Dorothea, also known as Dolly or Dot. And she is in a relationship with kind of like a May-September, May-December an age gap relationship with Cedric, who is this like absolutely amazing, doting, kind, compassionate surgeon. But he has an incident that happens that you kind of find out as the book goes on. But he is not able to be intimate with her anymore. And they had gone to therapy and had realized that there was a sexual misconnect and she had, I think maybe as a therapist who had suggested, like, oh, you could see other people. And Dolly's initial reaction was like, no. And, but Cedric was like, well, that's okay. Like, he is a very, he's like so kind and so doting on her that he saw that there was something he could no longer provide for her and wanted her to have that fulfilled more than he you know, just wanted to be possessive for the sake of being possessive. And he's also a surgeon, so he works like crazy hours. It's never really home. And she's in her like 
mid-20s and he's close to 50 because they have that like age gap as well so he has that kind of guilt of like well she still needs to live and there's an incident that kind of caused this like disconnect because of some trauma that like he endured and they have a rule though where it's like no kissing on the mouth no real names like nobody that we know in our real life so she has a burner phone she has like a fake tinder profile and it's kind of working kind of not like she isn't she still isn't really getting like satisfied in that way that she was missing and she still really loves her husband like if she is to choose who she has sex with like she would want it to be her husband and i felt like that like sexual appetite mismatch was very like poignant and that like that like internal conflict and the whole um, book is in Dolly's point of view, but you can see it in Cedric as well, where, you know, like he wants to be able to provide something for his wife that he can't and she has an, an appetite and like a need for something and wants him to be able to fulfill it, but he can't really. And I think mixed mismatch of like libidos is such a huge, huge issue or dilemma in couples lives that's never really talked about in romances and I thought it was it's so nuanced because it's like libidos are like this biological thing it's not down to how much you love somebody or not love them so while it was like a steamy novella it also had like that very poignant nuanced dynamic but the the menage comes into play when she meets this guy who's like a bad boy biker like ex-marine wilderness photographer and i know kelsey like he's your he's your guy <laughs> i mean tell me, tell me more about him <laughs> and they have like this instant connection but they know each other from the real world and he is cedric's boss's son so there's like this added layer of not only is it kind of forbidden because she isn't supposed to have a thing with anybody who she knows in real life, who knows Cedric in real life, who knows her real name, and there's not supposed to be any feelings, but like quickly feelings are developing. And then you, there's kind of this progression of she's teetering that line, kind of as Kat was talking about earlier about cheating, not cheating, permission to be open, but with who and right when she kind of decides to take the plunge with Desmond this biker guy Cedric is like let's work on this don't see anyone else like I I want to work on this like we can do this and they have sex for the first time in like over a year so now even though she's been pining for her husband who not only is like sexually absent he's also just like genuinely generally very absent because of the demands of his job so now this thing that she's been wanting to happen for over a year has finally happened but at the same time she has hit her stride with her threesome life or her like open life so obviously tensions ensue there's a dinner party that there is like four twists that happened like in less than four pages I actually audibly gasped and Gabby was sitting on the couch next to me and she was like what (laughs) 
the names are also great. I know we were just talking about names, but her sister's name is Odette, and she goes by Odie, which I think is really, really cute. Cedric and Desmond are unique and, like, fit their personalities as well. So, props to Kat on the names. The Spice, so far I haven't gotten to any threesome scenes, but I do know that it ends in her not having to pick. So I'm excited to get to that part, because the guys are also very like polar opposites he's this like kind of like straight-laced surgeon like all-american great guy what gray fox silver fox silver fox and desmond is like this kind of unhinged take life by the horns biker ex-marine guy so oh and dolly is like seeking for a thrill somewhere so whether it's from her sex life or not she volunteers at the aquarium and she's like really interested in the orcas and sharks and is you know just trying to really still find herself because she was like 20 when she got married to this much older guy but yeah really good and it's a short book but the characters stories are like the characters are very very flushed out like I felt like I knew Dolly really well, even in the first few chapters. So, anyhow, great job, Kat, <laughs> all around. Oh, thank you so much. I'm kind of glad you didn't finish Summer because I really want to read the book and I didn't want anything to be revealed. Thank you guys so much. I'm glad you liked it and like the characters and the names. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I was happy that anyone could that I was able to get anyone to understand that sort of dynamic of being in a loving marriage. And I, I wanted to be careful that no one hated her husband. I wanted people not to want her to leave him uh, because they're great too. And Cedric is a sweetie and he loves her and cares for her, but it's just the only thing missing is the spice and, you know, the thrill in her life because she's young and in a different place and Cedric is much older. So yeah, just kind of bringing in some of that real life marriage dynamic there. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. I think like in me and my partner were actually talking about this, like in, in books, everything is like wham, bam, like, thank you, ma'am. Like, when sparks are flying, it's like on both ends and you never see that real life dynamic of somebody not being like ready to go 24 seven. I'm also curious, we were talking about this as well, like to me, seeing somebody outside of the relationship would not be a solution that would work for my relationship. And it almost feels like polyamory or open relationships is almost like a sexual orientation where like either it makes sense to you on like an instinctual like base needs level or it doesn't and I don't have the answers because I don't know much about poly relationships but do you know if like is this is it something that like somebody anybody can fall into it or is it where like a gay man is never gonna look at a, a woman and be like like, they're not going to get it the same way I'm not going to get a poly relationship. Yeah, that's a really good question. 
I, I almost agree with you that it is closest to like a sexual orientation. Like you are either the kind of person who can do that, or you're just the kind of person who would just not, it would not be a good fit for similarly, you know, mentioning sexual orientation, like reminds me of just in the book, Dolly also has mild religion, you know, religious trauma and her sister who comes out and is lesbian and gets married to a woman. And so sort of that parallel there for Dolly seeing her sister embrace this life that her parents would not approve of and that she was not raised in. And I think that is something that helps her or kind of helps her reimagine what relationships can look like and what could work for her. And it doesn't have to be the normal, you know, one man, one woman, get married, have babies forever. Like we can play with it. We can see what other possibilities exist. Yeah, so that that is an interesting thing to explore for sure. I'm so glad that her big secret, because throughout the book, Dolly has like a really, really strong relationship with her sister, but she's been, you know, dealing with her own stuff so there's like a series of maybe like a week or something where her sister like keeps trying to get in contact with her and she just does not have time to speak with her and she's like oh my sister's always so dramatic and I was like someone has like died like I was waiting for just tragedy to strike and instead there was that like she married a woman and is like happy and everything's great so I'm so glad that the big news wasn't I think I don't know whether it was a book I read or movie no it was a book where somebody's like family was trying to get in contact with her and she kept like blowing them off and was like well if something serious happened like they would find a way to tell me and somebody had died and I was like I can't go through this emotional trauma again Summer, I could feel your relief when you just told us what the big secret was. Like, your relief was palpable. <laughs> yeah. and that, But that's not the secret at the dinner party. So that was, like, barely a spoiler. Noted. Yeah. And it's not dark, Kelsey. So, like... So it's within, my, it's within my domain. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, this kind of story is, is one that you either love or you don't because it is one where the the plot is really just moved forward by these characters relationships with each other there's no big external things happening there's no you know big mystery or stalker or war or battle or you know like the crazy twists that you get in like dark stuff which I love but I also love too just something that's just about the people and the love and figuring things out so it's like you know if you're a mood reader I would definitely put it in that category of something easy to read I hope and just kind of a sweeter sort of different kind of romance it definitely sounds both sweeter and really realistic and I I appreciate that not all romances as Summer was just saying are ever realistic so to have such a touch in reality it's nice when you can read books though and be like all right like maybe I'm not in the omega verse but like hey I can still see how this would (laughs) you know potentially maybe not relate to my life but maybe to my neighbor's life you know or something like that there's there's just 
a bit more reality than pheromones flying and nodding and I'm just going to be stuck on the Omegaverse for a while. Kat, have you gotten into the Omegaverse yet? I've read Lola and the Millionaires and I need to continue, but yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm ruined. I'm absolutely (laughs) ruined. It's so good. It is. It's, I was editing that episode today that it came out today on Omegaverses. I'm pretty sure Kelsey, like you said the exact same thing where you were like, I am ruined. How can I read anything else? <laughs> so I'm glad we're, you know, tapering out of the Omega High with still multiple lovers, voyeurism, sharing. <laughs> I guess I could be flexible. I don't just have to live in the Omega verse. <laughs> Although I have been rereading some of, like, already rereading some passages from Lola and the Millionaires and Baby in the something. Baby in the Midnight Howlers. Thank you. I was about to say the motorcycle gang, and I'm like, that ain't it. Okay, yeah. Like, I've reread some passages already, and I just read those books, what, like two weeks ago? That's, wow. just, that's just wild to me to want to do <laughs> that. Anyways. Kat, how did you get into beta reading and writing in general? I know I found you on Fiverr, but you're kind of, you know, you have your hands on a lot of different pots. So what is your writer life like? I'm going to pause before Kat comes in. Tell us what a beta reader is for those who don't know. Because you guys are speaking a language that many people do not know. So hit us with your author language. Give us some definitions. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Beta Reader is, you know, one of the first people that an author lets read their work, uh, which is an honor in itself, but you're one of the first people who gets to read it and then sort of give your impressions of the book and of the story. A lot of times authors can just be so close to the work and they're living in it and they're breathing it and it is vital to get an outside opinion on from someone who hasn't lived inside of these characters head for months of of their impressions of these characters in the world and I sort of break all of that down just the character impact the setting the plot the story and let let authors know what I thought and I I got into that well, yeah, I got I got into beta reading actually because you know I was I started writing for a few years and I got an editor for for one of the first things that I finished and the editor wrote back you know I waited so long for this editor's opinions and when they got back to me it was just it made me cry um, because it was just kind of you know. They weren't mean or like unnecessarily cruel, but they weren't overly nice or encouraging either. And that, that when an author gets something like that, that's just kind of cold, sterile, not great feedback that that was like kind of crushing for me. And I had been writing and, you know, I've been reading my entire life. And I just thought, you know, like I would love to be that person that authors send their work to and, can 
give them feedback in a way that I know is not going to rip them to shreds and make them feel bad. So I started, you know, putting those services out there and I've met a lot of cool authors through that. And you do make people cry, but in a good way. <laughs> oh, good. I hope, I hope it's in a good way because I've, just, I've been on the receiving end of the mean part. And I'm just like, man, I feel like I know how to, how to say, oh, I, I might change it up here without making someone feel horrible about themselves. <laughs> it is an art for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is very unrelated, kind of related. Kat, you were one of my beta readers for Storm to Fight. I'm telling you something you obviously know. Um, <laughs> but you, along with like my proofreader, were like, damn, I really wish Tilly had killed Dominus. And even my proofreader was like, I know, like, they were kind of a little late in the stage, stage, but she was like, I wish Tilly had killed Dominus. And I think for, I'm going to do like a, once Sabrina's book is out, I'm going to do like kind of an unabridged box set and put like a bunch of bonus scenes in. And I think I'm going to do an alternate ending where Tilly is the one who kills Dominus. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to watch him burn in like the worst way <laughs> so I'm so happy to hear that I really liked like Tilly taking an arrow for Jonas and I liked that she in the in he's obviously like such a strong fighter that like there isn't much she could do to protect him so she like was able to do that one thing for him so I wasn't ready to give that up but I do think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, I want Tilly to, you know, she killed Alistair, great. Let's kill Dominus, too. Watch them all burn. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be, like, extended scenes of, like, all the villains' gruesome murders. I'm not opposed. And you know, I don't even like those things, but that's how strongly you made me feel about these characters that I would like to watch them burn. Food for thought. <laughs> Kat, I've been seeing that you've been blowing up on TikTok. Congratulations. How has like your book talk journey sort of been? What do you feel like is the driving force between behind? I mean, I have my ideas, but like, what do you feel like is your, it's like, what's making you really take off right now? Oh man, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I, I feel like I'm embarrassing, but I think I think the, the best people that I follow or appreciate on book talk or book accounts or people that I scroll by and I feel like I'm friends with them. And then I might click on their profile and then I'm just shocked that they have thousands tens of thousands of followers because I'm like whoa like because that person just seems so real and like they're just your friend and so I hope I hope that I am similar you know I hope that people come across me or my videos and just see me as someone relatable someone who's like a friend like I love my readers I'll always talk to my readers and comment and 
reply like I just I don't believe in the in the gatekeeping or like the being the lofty removed sort of artist who is I just I think I'd rather be relatable and and talk and share the process and share all my embarrassing things so maybe maybe people are just tuning in to watch the breakdown I don't know <laughs> oh my god okay this entire podcast is yeah. people <laughs> watching an hour like public devolving as humans 100 um, <laughs> i think a big part of it is also like your plus size representation i think the only time that dolly's size was ever mentioned in like somewhat of a negative way was her like joking about not wanting to crush him if she sat on his lap and like so many times when there is a plus size main character like half of her internal thought is like oh I'm not like the other girls they're like I'm not pretty enough and Alexis McManus is another author on TikTok that I follow and she talks a lot about how like let fat people be fat people and also badasses and also beautiful and like not not make their fatness as like a negative thing their character or like their personality trait so I think that from what I've picked up on <laughs> is part of it I really want to incorporate that more in my books as well I realized that looking back on it a lot of my character descriptions of like even in like very subtle ways like if there's a, a bad character you know I'll describe them as portly and those things are like icky so I definitely personally want to get away from that yeah definitely and it's not just you I think that's just kind of been the standard for so long and I love writing plus size women I love writing little things into characters that you don't see like the love interest Desmond is an amputee and I love that being a part of him and and having a disabled love interest who's hot and sexy and you don't even think you know anything negative towards that and the same towards my plus size women like I their inner monologue is sensual and sexy and they are into themselves and why shouldn't they be like they're hot plus size women are hot um and sexy and I I don't I don't like the stereotype of the fat best friend or the funny fat girl or like nah like we're past that like plus size women are sexy and desirable and I want to write them and and the men that are swooning over them and begging for them and yeah all of that snapped (laughs) all around all around the snaps And like you were saying, you know, it's just writing them in a way where their size or their physical description or their disabilities or their sexual orientation is the least interesting thing about them. And I think if you can do that, then you've written diversity well, because it is the least interesting thing about them. Our appearance is not that interesting. It's what is on the inside. And that is what should be most interesting about a character, I think. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. Thanks.
Thank you. So we should probably wrap up. Kat, what can we expect from you going forward? I know you have a lot on your docket. Thanks for asking. So I have Sugar Daddy Age Gap Romance coming out. I have two things that are, are with a fit, like traditional publishers, and this is my first time going the traditional route instead of independent. So that's been a new experience. But next up is Sugar Daddy Stalker Baby, which is hopefully going to have a release date soon. And then after that, also a mafia romance series, which will be a reverse harem. Also with a plus size lead who is a stripper and she's fantastic. So yeah, be on the lookout for for those things. What made you go the traditional route? I, I want to be a hybrid author who does both. I want to independently publish my weird stuff and then maybe publish traditionally some of my bigger stuff things that I need more of a team for because doing it all by myself is very hard and editors are expensive and formatting and marketing and you know I've I've written novellas or published those independently up until now partially I do love novellas but also because anything much bigger would just require a lot more people, I think, mm-hmm. to really polish it up to where I want it to be. So with a traditional publisher, I kind of get more of that support that I need for the longer books and series. Is the reverse harem with Trad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. Seen... I, know. I, mean, <laughs> has... I can't think of any reverse harems that are traditionally published. I mean, they accepted it, so I'm rolling with it. If they don't notice yes, it, yeah. they don't notice it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Wow. Talk about wanting like, to say pave breaking, but that is not the word. Making waves in the best way. Making waves. Trailblazer. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we want to thank you so much for coming on with us today and chatting with us it's been so awesome to hear your viewpoint on all these different subjects to get your expertise we are also very excited to hear about what you have for the coming future to all of our beautiful listeners we will see you in our next podcast we will see you we'll hear you we will listen to you (laughs) we will get your messages (laughs) somehow there will be some kind of communication But yeah, guys, we will see you in the next. Toodles. Toodles.